Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're going to be talking about Moon Knight feedback. Uh, you guys have been sending some feedback over the past couple weeks, and we wanted to hit a little bit of it. All that right off the bat, we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley, how you doing, my friend? Matthew, I'm great. How are you? You know, doing good, doing good, doing good. Just uh, ready to talk about some Moon Knight. Uh, we Woo. got a few, just a few. Like, we're going to do a real quick episode uh, that we'll to throw in the feed because, yeah, just a few feedbacks here. So, let's let's get on it. Let's get on it. Um, very excited about Moon Knight. Um, let's see. Garden Allen on Gmail says, Hey, y'all. On the latest feedback episode, Matt and Jeff read a message from Glenn who talked about having friends with dissociative identity disorder. I also have two friends with DID. I think it's more common than you might assume. Uh, one of the reasons you may get these clusters is that people who have similar trauma often end up finding each other as they grow up. Hence, uh, why a lot of my friends are people who grew up queer in the South like myself. I'm sure there will be lots more talk about DID as we go forward. I would love if y'all had either a mental health professional or someone with DID on the show to talk about Moon Knight and answer questions. Uh, I'm excited for the show, uh, but I have some uh, fatigue about using DID as a plot point. Uh, I think continuing to tell stories like this can lead to folks seeing it as a fantastical affliction of some sort instead of a real issue that affects real people. I hope Marvel will do it justice, but either way, the show is going to be cool as beep. <laughs> uh, love you all, and I really appreciate y'all's willingness to listen and learn about this stuff. That's what makes this podcast the GOAT. Cheers, Garden. Thank you, Garden. Hmm. I mean, I agree and I kind of disagree at some points. Um, if you say in storytelling not to, to talk about certain issues or diseases or things that people have, then what kind of exposure is it ever going to get? I mean, this is fantastical for, for the people who actually have situations like this and do kind of have experiences that I don't understand or other people don't understand. Like it might not be as fantastical for them. They might actually kind of see themselves in, in this. I don't know. I think anything that brings awareness to any kind of affliction that people weren't talking about before is good. Sure. Yeah. I, I, th I think what Garden's getting at, they say here that uh, they have fatigue, not necessarily that it shouldn't be done, but they have fatigue because of how it's treated as a fantastical affliction. Um, I think if it's treated well, that would probably produce less fatigue. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and they say here that they hope that Marvel handles it better. You know what I mean? I thought that Legion did it the best um, because you have to think about take these characters who have extreme powers and now give them these issues like what you know legion every one of his personalities had their own set of powers and it was it was really crazy right and it would it's just so interesting you know to take it to, to look at it that way i mean I, I i completely understand what she's saying but um you know to take not a normal person who has these things and and give it to a superhero i you know you see a lot of people who talk about like seeing themselves in superheroes oh yeah so for it sure. is yeah it is i i mean i'm i'm excited to see 
how they're going to do it right. with this. Because they've done a good job, I thought, with the Disney Plus shows so far with people with, you know. Like representing, uh, being representational. Yeah. I agree with that. And I'm all for representation. I I think with, with DID specifically, I think the issue is that, like, it's one thing if you're represented. It's another thing if you're sort of mocked. Or like, like if it's not done well, it can come off as like mocking, you know what I mean? Or like, Mm -hmm. or a misrepresentation, there's representation and then there's misrepresentation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And like, so yeah, I I definitely see the garden's point uh, that there's a lot of different ways this could be handled and I hope it's handled well. I don't, I know no one with DID and um, I I can't say that I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's very um, interesting. Like uh, garden said that there's like, these you cluster with people that have you know similar trauma similar afflictions similar um uh identities whatever um and so like that's uh that's i I would i'd happily have someone on uh either a mental health professional or someone with this experience on the show to talk about the show um so if, if there's anybody out there that feels like they want to be that representation, hit me up. MCUcast at gmail.com. And bring your receipts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, platform someone who it's, it, it's always, a, it's such a weird thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Wanting representation on a podcast it, it, on any platform is strange because it's like, at what point I think with this, it's a little more direct. Cause it's like, Hey, if you have this experience, let's talk about it. Right. Intentionally including representation on a podcast can come off tokenistic, I guess. Like, so it's always a weird, mm-hmm. it's always a weird balance when you're like, this show needs someone with this experience to talk about it. Cause I'm, I'm lost. You know what I mean? Um, right. I'm, I'm going to try to do a little bit of educating myself. There was that, um, the documentary that was mentioned in a previous, uh, feedback. Oh gosh. I'm going to remember the title here. Nope. These are not even documentaries. What are you doing? <laughs> i was like documentary and then google was like fight club i was like no fight club is not a documentary <laughs> and i got inventing anna in my head which is not it at all that's the new netflix movie about that lady who was a scam artist i watched all of that oh yeah in a day i'm like three episodes <laughs> in i watched them like i'm one obsessed the other. with scam artists oh yeah yeah. Busy Inside is being mentioned. That That's not the one that was mentioned by a, a, someone who wrote in recently, but that is, I, I did come across that. I just don't have any, and I don't know if anyone vouching for that unless you are vouching for that right now, uh, Obelus. Anyway, plowing forward. Plowing forward. I'm not remembering what that uh, documentary was. Up next, we got Robbie Collings on Gmail says, Hello, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Me and my dad started listening to you guys at the start of WandaVision. Aw. Yeah, super cool. Uh, we would listen to episodes on our way to the mountain to go skiing. Uh, how dark do you want the Moon Knight series to be? And how dark <laughs> do you expect it to be? Super hyped for this show. Hope we get Midnight Suns in the future of the MCM. Have a good week. Thanks, Robbie. I feel like we answered this. <laughs> yeah, well, on our last episode, uh, we did actually talk a good bit about like how dark do we want the MCU to be. And it's funny because one of the things we were discussing was like parent and s- child relationships and how watching these movies together. And Robbie is writing in saying, I watched this with my dad. How dark do we want this? I want Midnight Suns. I'm assuming that Robbie would like it to be pretty dark. Yeah. Um, if he's a fan of Midnight Suns and Me wants too, it to Robbie. go to that place. <laughs> yeah, I... I would like there to be a place in the MCM 
for there to it to get as dark as anyone wants to get. That's my answer. I, I would like that other certain parts of the MCM stay f- friendly for families to watch together. And I'd be even be okay with certain parts of the MCM being like a kid's show. Like if they wanted to straight up make a more kid-friendly type of mm-hmm. show, uh, which they have made more or less kid-friendly yeah. types of shows. Uh, it seems like Miss um, Marvel might be particularly yeah. kid-friendly. And probably like the Christmas special, the Guardians Christmas special. Right. I just think there's room for all of it. Mm-hmm. And they need to acknowledge that Marvel fans are not children anymore. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot of us out here that have been loving this stuff since we were kids mm-hmm. and now we're adults and we want to keep loving it. We want to keep having stuff made for us, not just made for children. If they didn't tease us with stuff that was, you know, MA so far or dark like that, we wouldn't want it, but they did. <laughs> yeah. You know, they gave us some darkness. Yeah, I agree. I well, I would like some I would like some darkness in my stuff. I really would. Um and you know, I think Mine and your view, you know, we had this whole conversation about what makes something adult versus kitty a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And after that conversation, I was like, because I, I couldn't express myself well in that conversation. I was like, what? I, I'm not, I'm not expressing myself well. And I went away. Like I, de- I we definitely have different uh, interpretations of what's for kids, you know, like, and we mm-hmm. definitely did in that conversation. And I was like, what, 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 what did I mean? And like, I think for you, for something to be sort of like made for adults, it seems like it needs to have the violence, the gore, the things. For me, it just needs to be. Um, I don't. I don't know. It just needs to be complex. Like it needs to be emotionally complex. I guess. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have those other things. Those, those really dark elements. And I just thought it was interesting. It's. It depends. Like, because when when you bring me Morbius, like we were talking about last right. time, this is a vampire who lives off human blood. What do you mean it's PG-13? You know what I mean? Even Wolverine, like they finally started to do it a little bit more in Days of Future Past. But in the original X-Men movies, Wolverine has knives for fingers and he would be messing people up. And all you would see is little bits of their clothes flying around. But no, this is Wolverine. (laughs) And you have to think like comics, they were sure for kids, but they were also brutal. Like they had a brutality to them that you could get away with more because it's animated, which is kind of what I felt like um, What If started to do, which is why it was actually enjoyable for a couple episodes. For me, it's what the original um, animated show used to do. But when you try to take these things and be like, okay, your superpower is metal knives like Freddy Krueger. How are we going to bring this to the to the screen for kids? Like they're they're and I thought they've done a good job, but you know, a Wolverine movie should always be rated R. You know, just because of what his powers are, right? You know, well, and, and then therein lies the issue. And I mean, they do this in comics. They do this in lots of different media. Is like when Wolverine shows up. In another kind of movie, when a Wolverine comes to an Avengers movie, you have to clean it up enough so that everyone can watch it. And so, like, right. y- you got to have these things. They've done it with different genres now. I mean, th- there was a lot of discussion about this before Avengers, um, you know, 2011's Avengers, uh, because people were like, how can you have Iron Man and Captain America and the Hulk and Thor? They just Their movies are so different. The technology is so different. How do you put them on the screen together, you know? Um, and it just worked. They just made it work. Yeah. Um, but this is a different sort of 
struggle because you have different levels of brutality, different levels of adult content that mm-hmm. is allowed in different types of movies. And so it is interesting because I, I definitely want Deadpool to be rated R. I'm much more comfortable with a with a PG-13 Wolverine than I am a, de- a PG-13 Deadpool, you know? Ghost Rider, like he makes a deal with the devil. Like what? Right. We can't make that. You know, <laughs> we saw what happened with Nicolas Cage. You know, there's just certain thing. I don't know. Like you can totally do, you know, the Hawkeye series is perfect. That was right in the middle. You know, it was it was funny. It had parts for kids. But then, you you know, you go Blade and you're like, how are you going to put this on the same PG-13 level as even like, I don't know, Civil War or like, uh, no, Civil War got pretty dark towards the end. Um, yeah, it did. I think of it like the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> right. Those movies, like, the more they got very dark. And I was actually surprised towards the end. I'm like, they're just killing all these kids off. Right. This is freaking crazy. I can't believe this is PG 13. <laughs> the books are literally written to be like the. The first one's written to be read by a 12-year-old, and you're supposed to age up with Harry as you read them, um, right. which is super great idea. And so they get darker, they get more brutal as they go on. And like that fourth one, when that first like major character dies, and you're like, oh, death exists. And you're like 15, and you have an existential crisis, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, that's what those books are designed to do. And I think that that could be done here, but it's weird because there's just like, it's just... Very, it's a very different problem because it's like you got people who just want dark, dark now, like yourself, and there's people who want it to be okay to watch with their kids, and uh, it's 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 a tricky issue for sure. But I'm I, mm-hmm. I don't know I I just think that what they did with Defenders worked perfectly, and they should continue to do that. Like make yeah. a corner of the universe that's dark. You can have they did it already. Daredevil showed up in No Way Home. Uh, mm-hmm. and like he's there he exists in the world he can he and can, Vincent D'Onofrio yes w- which you know results may vary I feel like with how they show up but like uh, you know I, I you could have the, I, I've said it over I want the next I would love for the next Spider-Man movie to for him for Charlie Cox to be his mentor like that would be freaking awesome um, yes oh my god I'd love that so much and you can have that while having these brutal shows that are his origins and then you just have him show up and he's hanging out with a teenager. So he's just not going to, he's like trying to protect him from the brutality of this world, you know, like mm-hmm. it just makes sense. Like we all, we all live in that world. Like all of us who are adults, uh, you know, have probably been out to bars in the middle of the night where people are drinking and, you know, having ser- adult conversations. And then you've also been to a kid's picnic, you know, like, and you act differently, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, just diff- the world exists with all of these things in it. And like the Marvel world can also exist with all these things in it. It can. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Up next we have uh, Tanner Charette. I hope I said your name right. Hey, Ashley, Matt and Jeff. Uh, I started listening to the podcast during the release of photos. And have been listening ever since. I've been reloading my Spotify every morning because this is the only podcast I want to listen to anymore. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Anyways, something I've been thinking about ever since we started getting more info about the Moon Knight series. But do you think that Marvel may be leading us towards an ancient creature slash mythical beast fighting team? Interesting. Hmm. With the introduction of Blade into the MCU, 
and what appears to be his recruitment of Dane Whitman as Black Knight. Uh, it seems that Blade is maybe acting as a Nick Fury and trying to put together a team to protect the world against unknown creatures. Maybe we'll see the recruitment of Moon Knight at the end of the series. Uh, we could even see involvement from Shang-Chi since he has experience dealing with dragons. And I know Ashley will love this, so I have to throw it in. But maybe they could be a team that protects the world from the Marvel zombies. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, just something I've been thinking about lately and wanted to get the cast's take on it. Uh, this maybe wouldn't be the next big villain story, but could be a side story with what we've seen uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy in the past. Uh, anyways, thanks again for giving me something to listen to while at work or walking to class and all the hard work you put in to break down and explain everything Marvel. Hey, thanks, Tanner. Yeah, I think yeah, that's zombies. a great idea. <laughs> I know Ashley's like, <laughs> like latching on zombies, but I think this whole idea is up your alley. Like the idea mm -hmm. that uh, uh, Blade might be acting as a sort of Nick Fury style character. Uh, it, I mean, you definitely see the connection there with like Blade showing up in the post credits and just saying one line, you know, mm -hmm. it, it could be, could be. I like it. I like it. I like it too. And okay. I'm going to talk about, okay. First, let me respond a little bit of that. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I think that, absolutely blade works in there absolutely moon knight works in there and even they're both they're both um in london i believe or, or in in in, in, a, in the uk uh not blade but uh dane whitman dane whitman. so it could literally be the same like you could totally see dane whitman and blade or maybe dane whitman showing up kind of like how nick fury showed up to present the idea of the avengers to Tony Stark. And in the next movie, it's Tony Stark going to General Ross. You know what I mean? Like right. we could totally get a Dane Whitman going to Moon Knight. They both work or they both have been in these like uh museum situations. It just seems like that could totally work out. Like um I I, I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Totally parallels mm -hmm. what was going on. And and just like he says here, like it doesn't have to be the next big story. It seems like they're building out a lot of little different offshoots for the Marvel Universe to go down with uh, this sort of dark universe that's building up. Um, all the magic users are sort of like heading in their direction. All the science stuff with multiverse and quantum mania. And like it just it, but I think it will all collide together into a big story. Uh, it better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It has to. It's the Marvel Universe, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Do you mind if we talk? I, I don't think it's a big spoiler, but feel free. We're about to end the podcast. Feel free to cut us off if you don't want to hear a toy spoiler. I wasn't going to include it in the news yes, last episode because we don't normally talk about toy spoilers. But Is it a big toy spoiler? It's not going to spoil it for me? I don't think so. It, it, okay. No. I'm going to say no. Okay. But because the only part that's sort of maybe discussive of spoilers is like my speculation. Uh, there's a Thor Love and Thunder toy that has been seen like going around on the internet. Okay. And it all it is is it just shows Thor and I guess Jane in their in their like whatever forms, their little Lego forms, and they're fighting oh. a humongous monster. Hmm. 
that to me, just looking at the toy, I have no idea what monster it is. And I didn't even see it even being theorized in any articles. Um, but it was in the news when I was like collecting news. And so I looked at the picture, but to me, it kind of looks Lovecraftian. Like cthulhu Yeah. Like it has bat ears mm. and there's tentacles. I mean, it's a Lego. So like, I, I, it doesn't have. Isn't that what the Shang-Chi things look like? Yeah. Bat ears with tentacles. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Mm. I, but even, even if it's not that. You're not wrong that the Shang-Chi stuff sort of lines up with that same sort of Cthulhu horror elements. Cthulhu sort of like animal body horror things. Give me all the Lovecraft. Hold the racism. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. We we covered Lovecraft Country um, Mm -hmm. last year. And man, what a good show. And like. So good. Seeing all those Lovecraft monsters got me lit up to watch or like to learn more about Lovecraft stuff. And it seems like. You know, we talked about on the news episode yesterday, the Cthon of it all possibly being uh, brought in, uh, which is kind of a Lovecraftian monster. And if they've got a Lovecraftian monster also in Thor, and then you've got these bands on Shang-Chi that are some sort of ancient magic that is unknown to Doctor Strange and them. Like, what if it's from like a... and And they're holding back creatures that also look you know, Lovecraftian, like mm-hmm. you can kind of see where I'm going here. Like what if, oh, yeah. what if Cthon is sort of like the, or like something that's behind Cthon, some sort of like Lovecraftian monsters of the multiverse are converging into, you know, take over the world. And that's sort of like, you know, leeching in from other universes. I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of what Tanner's talking about here with the sort of dark universe stuff. Like what if blade sees that's coming? Like he's been dealing with the dark underworld blade sees that's coming. So he starts building up a team of like dark creatures. Yeah. I'd love it. Go take on this like multiversal dark creature threat. I like that a lot. And it's weird to me that the MCU didn't have rights to Morbius. Is it just because they have the rights to all the Spider-Man characters? I'm very confused at where the leality of all that comes in. That's it. It's just that they have... It's just that they have the Spider-Man characters? Spider-Man characters and his rogues gallery, which Morbius... Whenever they made that decision, Morbius was considered a part of Spider-Man's rogues gallery, which I guess he was originally a Spider-Man villain originally or was he yeah yeah he was a he's an anti-hero he was a bad guy at first i think his first appearance is a and that's kind of how they do this a lot of times is it's like who are they most related to and a lot of times the villains just sort of attach to the heroes and i mean venom's also a villain but they're uh, but who has sort of drifted toward anti-hero over the years in the comics and now yeah it was just about on who people liked exactly and so they're doing the same thing where they were trying to do the uh was it black cat as well movie Mm-hmm. Uh, which i'd love Ugh. yeah 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 so like uh, you know they're just trying to they're trying to do whatever they can to make heroes out of all the properties they have because the, but i think the thing that S- sony needs to realize is they have this untapped resource in like andrew garfield and toby Maguire and that those universes now that they can bring into the multiverse that's happening you know i'm yeah. so pumped about all that at least give it to garfield i think toby's a little tired i agree <laughs> i i agree with that i i think that <laughs> He could appear again if he wanted this to. This was but. a lot of fun for him, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah. It looked like he was having fun, but I don't think he wants to like come out of retirement to do it full time or no. anything. I think he's kind of I done. think he was the Spider-Man that had the fake butt in his costume. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I did see that story somewhere. Somebody, had, somebody had a fake butt. <laughs> when I, I can guess who it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, pro- you're probably right. It's not Tom Holland. You could bounce all the coins off of healthy am i allowed to say that he's 25 Ugh, still weird i've seen him dance to umbrella or whatever that was yeah yeah <laughs> it's that that ass is real that little courtesan <laughs> if you haven't seen it his karaoke what is it called sing off it's him and zendaya lip sync battle. battles that's what it is yeah their lip sync battle she oh, was really good amazing. too. She looked just like Bruno Mars, she and she did. sang. She did all the dance moves perfectly. I'm like, that's not fair. You're a Disney kid, and then Tom Holland came out and just destroyed her. But yep. he's a ballerina, so you know what? All you kids yep. coming up now, you're just all too talented. I'm tired of these trifectas. I'm a dancer. I'm a singer and an actor. Sit. <laughs> I won't. We won't spoil it any further. Go watch that lip sync battle. It is. Ah, <laughs> uh, just French kiss. It's wonderful. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's about all we got. We just wanted to drop in a quick Moon Knight episode since we had a few feedbacks left from our previous Moon Knight discussions. Um, and uh, yeah, just come join us. Uh, send in your feedback to mcucast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be doing a lot more feedbacky things uh, and some commissioned episodes in the coming weeks. Oh, yeah. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.